1: IPMNation.com
2: Hello everyone and welcome to this hijacked episode of Matt Connerton Unleashed. My name is Kendra L. Saunders. I'm the author of Inanimate Objects and the upcoming dark comedy Death of Mr. Wright. Matt has let me take over his show because we have two very special guests. Uh, You may remember Fabio Costa from Season 10 of Project Runway. Fabio is the runner-up of Season 10 and never had a bad word to say about anyone that I can remember. Um, <laughs> joining Fabio today is Rebecca Dla, his partner in fashion, partner in crime, and best friend. Uh, Fabio. <laughs> Fabio and Rebecca together have created a unique clothing brand called Not Equal. That's just as much concept as material. They're currently only five days from their Kickstarter deadline. Fabio and Rebecca. And check my Huh? <laughs> been so long enough. Um, they'd like to raise $20,000 uh, through their Kickstarter, and they're currently hovering around $10,000. they are offering a lot of really cool pledge prizes, and pledges begin at only $1. Um, so thank you so much for joining us, guys.
0: Thank you for having us.
2: <laughs> um, so you had a fashion show last week in California. I saw some of the pictures from that. Were those pieces part of the collection that you'd use your Kickstarter fund for?
0: No, actually, for that collection, we um, we were collecting money like underneath the rug, <laughs> underneath uh, yeah, the couch seats. Um, so we were just pulling scraps and trying to sell um, a little bit that we had in stock from our previous collection, just to put that collection together.
2: Oh, that's awesome! It seemed like it was yeah. very cohesive, though, for putting things together at the last minute like that.
0: Well, I think um, project funding gave me the the wrong idea that I can do things at the last minute. So Becca and I put this collection together um, in two weeks, not because we wanted to do it last minute, just because the money came through um, two weeks to the deadline. So we got to do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it sounds like Tim Gunn would be very proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people view pictures from that fashion show?
0: Well, we're still receiving. We're still to receive some pictures from the production of the event, but right now it's on palmspringslive.com, dot which is the magazine that covered the event. There are a few images, and the video is um, is there. Um, we're still to receive the images directly from them, so we can actually promote it ourselves. so they can see, I think, there are like four looks from the runway, and the video they can see on the website.
1: And we're we're, we're hoping to shoot that. Um should a lookbook based on that collection as well, so we can uh, then, you know, approach buyers and retail stores to actually sell our
2: collection.
0: Yeah, and upload the website as well.
2: Okay, um, you know, when I look at your work, I totally could see Tilda Swinton buying pieces from you. Um, but for those who are listening who aren't familiar with your designs, how would you describe the vibe of Not Equal?
0: Well, um, we try to create clothing. that are, like, three form. that the body is actually what gives shape to the garment. So there's a lot of calculations in this calculation so that proportions are not really strict. So it's not doesn't it really have that the um, proportions that you're used to when you go and buy stores as far as, like, sizes small, medium, and large. Um, we try to create size lists and sometimes sizes one or two for the same piece um, in the way that it will fit a different variety of bodies forms and by the sides, um so that you know, try to break from that cycle. You buy something that has a size written for you.
1: And we also like to. Um, we have a lot of couture and bespoke um, techniques as well, so we like to do a lot of the hand sewing um, instead of machine sewing, and just concentrate on details. But also, you know, have it accessible, so it's not too expensive for people to to um, to buy.
2: Yeah, and I, I'm just imagining a world where, you know, somebody could walk into a store and instead of having, you know, one outfit in 15 different sizes where you're tearing your hair out, it can make it so much easier to go, well, I'm, you know, I, of these two, this one will fit me.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think also um, another thing that we're, trying, we're starting to touch upon that is obviously, um at the beginning of a really long discussion is the fact that we also want to promote genderless clothing. So, you know, as uh, Latin nowadays, if you come into a store and then if you like a top that it's in the men's section, you might consider buying it just because it's in the men's section. But if in the future that can be an intermediate rack where things can just be purchased outside of um, gender labels,
2: mm-hmm. I think,
0: um, I don't know, it just goes for more democracy and shopping as well.
2: Yeah, that was actually something I was going to ask you about next. I know that um, in a recent interview, you said something about you're, you know, a little surprised to find that your really unique vision overlaps so well with, you know, like a mainstream media, like a reality show. But do you think that maybe that's because you are stepping in and you're standing up for, you know, people that might not want to conform to specific gender roles in clothing?
0: I don't know. It's, it's just interesting when I went and the show, like every challenge that I had, I would think of what that market would want and what those designers would like to see from me. And every time that I would do specifically that, that's when they would call me out like, "We want to see more of you in this design." So, I think it gave me confidence in my own static, but I think it, it just made me realize, um, also, some of the messages that I got from, from the ears of the show, but just made me realize that people are interested in looking for something um, new and different, and just you know. Mm-hmm. new discussions basically so i think that was um the big mission for us when we started the brand
2: yeah um and i also i i know that you've said you've sort of always had your personal style was was there a time where you couldn't find exactly what you you know saw in your head and decided to create it for yourself instead was that part of why you got into fashion in the first place
0: oh yeah definitely i think that started when i was 15 or 16 where i couldn't really find exactly what i wanted to wear and. uh so I to, like customize the bed sheets in my house, and you know, bed sheets would go missing. They <laughs> would go missing and they'd be under my bed, and I would have a new house. And so I think, it just um, I think that was like the first one was when I realized that I could, um, I could dress it exactly the way that I wanted to, and that meant a lot to me.
2: It was sort of born out of necessity. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, um, I know you guys are offering like some very, very cool pledge prizes uh, for your Kickstarter project, including a uh, chance to have dinner with you guys and a custom piece of clothing. Have you guys made custom clothes for anyone in the past? Have you made custom uh,
1: garments? Yeah, yeah. As soon as, um, after Fabio finished Project Runway, we had a lot of people reaching out uh, to him asking for uh, personalized garments to be made. So um, this is what basically at the same time we were creating our label, Not Equal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, you know, we realized that this was something that we want to continue and it's going to be open from, you know, now until however long we can uh, sustain it for to make customized garments. And someone will come over and maybe, like, um, have three separate sit and up, over that time we get to know them on a personal level. Um, yeah, so, you know... We start with the fabric and uh, and the measurements, and we discuss what they want and what for, for what event specifically. And you know, the whole process probably takes about a month, uh, three yeah, three to four weeks. And yeah, they're happy, we're happy.
2: Yeah, because there's there's something really neat about that collaboration between you know. Having something made especially for you whatever it is and you know getting to work with somebody who you already know that you like their their work so I think that's I think that's one of the really cool prizes that you guys are offering um, and for anybody listening who's curious um, you should definitely check that out on their website they actually have several options for um, either you know collaborating on a piece or having a custom piece made um, mm-hmm now, you two have such a great aura around you, both as friends and collaborators. Uh, I read that you met at a favorite bar and became fast friends. When did you decide to create the line together?
0: Um, well, before, like a long time ago, when Rebecca and I still used to work together in retail, um, I got it for, well, I approached that store that we were working at the time, and I just said, like, you listen, I'm putting it together a collection, can I sell it here? And then for a lookbook for, for that collection was the first time that back and I actually worked together. Like, I had the pieces, and she the yeah, the um, artistic, yeah, artistic um, direction and styling for the photo shoot. So that was, like, the first time that we worked together. And then from that point, we did costumes, and we actually, um, every project that we worked on, like, I do a little bit of the sewing. She does a little bit of the sewing. It's all, um, it's very, yeah, yeah, it's very and the energy, is very, um, it flows very, at so least, I think it's yeah, it's a
1: good, it's a good match. And also, I think um, it's about concepts that we really enjoy the process of, especially in the beginning when uh, things are as tangible. We sit down at, you know, at a bar and just like fill up a notebook with crazy ideas uh, relating to, or not so to, fashion. It could just be art, design, or just about general ideas of life. So we have that in common, and that's something that we hold. I'll create geared to our uh our
2: creating process and it's always it's always fun to be able to create something with you know a friend because usually usually you can say things to each other that you might not be able to say to somebody you don't know if somewhere along the line you don't like something or you you love something and you're like, no no no, please keep this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's interesting. That proximity um, worked in our events, but sometimes it actually it came more against us because we're at home all the time, we're together all the time. Um, so I guess at the point, like it's it's beyond finishing each other's sentences. We don't just we just look at each other. We know. But sometimes it's good to.
1: Have...
0: <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's good to have this little bit of separation because sometimes we notice that like an afternoon apart from each other, we meet again, is like there's so many stories that we share. Like we're spending too so much time together. <laughs>
2: um uh well fabio you recently styled a shoot for lord and taylor um which people can view online at lord and taylor's youtube page um i really liked your view about mod style which is so popular right now um and you talked a little about um you know how the mod style was more about geometric shapes um and lines rather than showing off skin so what is your favorite past decade in fashion
0: um, I don't know. I'm usually torn between the 20s and the 60s, and I think they both have very, you know, things, interesting things in common, like, about emancipation and style. Like, in the 20s, like, women were started to, you know, release themselves from the corsets and from the hard shapes, and they were dressing before, and forms a little bit looser. And I think the same thing in the 60s, where women were really taking charge of what they were wearing, how they were to be perceived, but I think those were really um, defining moments in fashion. And it was interesting that when they approached me um, for the Lord and Taylor shoe, they had a really specific idea of how they wanted everything to be. Um, And it was always based on the Louis Vuitton collection for last last spring, which was the geometric patterns and the checkerboard. And obviously, when I went around the store, that was in the back of my mind. But at the same time, I wanted to, you know, push it a little bit further And just had my own spin on it. So I was just really paying attention to like really graphic prints and things that would, you know, color block in a way that the outfit, the overall image of the outfit would create that same geometric feel to it. So I was just paying attention more to things that were um, graphic, but at the same time had a little bit of like that story to tell as well.
2: Yeah, they had to know when they asked you to do that that it was going to come out a little different from, you know. Oh, yeah. And I I think that's awesome. The 20s are completely my favorite time in fashion, too, for a lot of the same reasons you said. Plus, the accessories were so great.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, I I think it's a a really beautiful, really romantic era. There was a lot of um, sensuality without actually showing a lot of the skin. I think, you know, the drop waist, it's it's so feminine, and it's something that still fits um, a wide range of body, but I, I I think that, were really detrimental to, um, you know, icon icon succession.
2: Yeah. Um, now you guys have an event coming up in New York City on the 29th, Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. But, uh, the fundraiser
1: party, uh, flash dress party, <laughs> for, um yeah, to raise money for our Kickstarter to bring it home strong. Um, so it's free. It's free for all over twenty one and a good performance artists. Um an open bar from 89 to nine giveaways and raffles with customized um customized garment rewards mm-hmm. and so you'll be DJ a fit as well i mean i guess the the whole the whole event would take shape on the night as well mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so if people want to join you guys for that that is on the 29th and it is free for all over 21 Um, that that sounds like a good time and I know you guys you guys are really into like some fun and obscure music Um, so do you take inspiration from music sometimes too?
0: Oh definitely and um, you know especially with the California show before like I put together a mix I I think it's when we're creating it's really specific the type of music that we need to listen to and that we've been listening to, listen to you for like the past two months and it, and it helped um, it helps put you in the mood and it also helps just like stay focused so I think it's really important and also for the show because it creates the whole atmosphere even before you see the first look where you hear the music so I think it helps a lot just like you know tie everything in really really ties with the collection so yeah music is definitely and I think it was the first and the thing that I missed the most while I was working when I was a project is the fact that you can't listen to music so I think
2: it's Oh, that's not fair.
0: That's not fair. Yeah, no, that was
2: pretty hard. Fabio and I had created this, uh, well, Fabio had created this
1: playlist that um, over the last three weeks, and we were creating range for um, springs. we had it on Breezy, (laughs) like literally maybe like ten times a day, every day, for three weeks. (laughs) Um, So it became somewhat, I don't know, like,
0: compulsive. We needed it. <laughs> if anybody wants to listen to it, it's on my playlist on
2: um, Spotify. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. All right, yeah, definitely. Spotify is a cool thing for that. So if people if people want to check that out, um, definitely find that on Spotify. I, and you know, I noticed after your after all of you guys runway shows on Project Runway, in the comments on a lot of them, they'd ask like, "Oh, where did this song come from?" So if you guys want to know where the actual songs come from, that. Inspire your designers. That is where you need yeah. to go. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Now I saw on Facebook that you added a new pledge prize. I think yesterday. What? Tell us about that.
0: Well, Mondo is a really good friend of ours, and his team is really close with us. So they've been helping us with a lot of the promotions throughout the like the past month in Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so they came up with the idea because Londo had pledged to come, and because uh, we had a uh, a reward. Come and have dinner with me, but then he pledged to it, and then we have this idea of like, why don't we create uh, an event separately so we can have dinner with Mondo and I, um, and we can talk about what's Rame You know, so it's more—it's more of uh, more of an event, and also much just dinner because Mondo is um, very lively and talks a lot. But it's going be a lot
2: of fun. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome! So if people want to be able yeah. to hang out with Mondo and Fabio, that is one of the prizes um, on Kickstarter yeah. right now. Um, Yeah, we
0: only have 10 spots, and the first one just filled in 30 minutes ago. Oh, wow. We'll also
2: be consolidating the, the, we'll give the other
1: people an opportunity to join on as well if they they wish.
2: Oh, that's awesome. So, you guys better get to that fast if you're wanting to grab one of those. Um, And I have a couple fan questions for you, Fabio. Um, A member from the Tumblr PR Make It Work asked, What was your favorite challenge on Project Runway?
0: Um. Oh, my God. I have to say the baby challenge.
2: <laughs> That's what we were just about to ask about next. Actually, the second question is about that. Um, for those that <laughs> didn't see the episode, the designers had to create an outfit for a toddler, but they were also given an electronic baby that cried and needed to be held yep. and fed, and they were expected to take care of it throughout the whole challenge. So somebody asked, um, how did you feel about that baby challenge as it happened?
0: Well, as give as, as it happened because as I watched it was a complete different thing. I thought it was being I thought it was being normal. I thought it was just like interacting with the baby because obviously I wanted to stay focused. But then when I watched it, I thought that I was completely cynical over that same day because I was like cutting the hand like I had my hand behind his neck the whole day. And sometimes the producer would be like. You know, it's fake, right? You can't stop that. <laughs> so I think it was just like, I was just caught up in the moment and just, you know, like trying to get work done and trying to get that baby to stop crying that I, I really, um, yeah, I think it crossed over into a real baby in my mind.
2: <laughs> you're
1: you're a, a way, very good daddy. The cat in the house too. It's not so similar to that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know it got to the point where Dimitri finally said something about, you know, that baby's not real. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. And actually, when I watched the show I watched how crazy I was getting with the baby, And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I could have calmed down a little bit on the baby.
2: At least, at least you didn't abandon your baby um, like a couple of the other people did.
0: <laughs> Took it with me
2: when I was smoking. <laughs> Good father right there. Um, and Brittany asked, are there any designers from season 10 that you'd like to make a couple outfits with just for fun?
0: Melissa, yeah. Melissa and I had a really good um, connection. Towards the end, I'll say the top five, we have Sanji, Dimitri, and Chris, Melissa and I, we became really good friends. Um, I like them all, but I really—I like Melissa's aesthetic. I like the way that she creates. I I like that she has a strong point of view, but at the same time, like people are able to connect to it and understand it, so I think that um, we would create something interesting, and I think just because also we don't come from the mainstream, Light of fashion, so I think it would be interesting to pair up with her.
2: Yeah, it seems like you both use a lot of um, you know plays w- with fabric about using you know hard and soft fabric, and, and yeah, I think that. And she's
0: also her construction skills and her pattern making is it's really really interesting. Like if you look at a pattern before she puts it into a dress, you would not understand what it is, and I <laughs> I, I think that's something that's always um, interesting me in and creative is how um, how how, you, how because it's obviously a very distinct way of making a top. A top would always be a top, but the route that you take to making that. That's interesting to me, and she actually has a, a really interesting aesthetic when it comes to that.
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, so now I have my signature wacky questions for each of you, and then and then we'll be almost ready to wrap up. Um, so, Fabio, if you were stuck in Jurassic Park overnight, would you rather be stuck with a T-Rex or with one Velociraptor?
0: oh my god I'll say it's T-Rex a lot of rounds are too fast I can't run that much T-Rex that short arm so like if it comes out to to grab me you would have a harder time
2: <laughs> that's a good choice you could always climb a tree too like they did in the movie I guess <laughs> that's true <laughs> um, and Rebecca if you could be one classic storybook villain would you rather be Captain Hook or the Queen of Hearts
0: oh the Queen of Hearts I'll put it all, all their heads.
2: <laughs> What about you, Rebecca?
1: It was a Queen of Happening?
0: Which is funny because our next collection is based off of um, Alice in Wonderland. So, oh, yeah, that's cool. I've been, yeah, I've been playing with the Queen a whole lot lately. Yes,
1: I would. I would have to just stay true to our concept. I would have to do the
2: same. Oh, that's awesome! Well, you guys got you guys heard that there is going to be a uh, sort of Alice in Wonderland theme for the for the next work. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. If there is, and although we're um, the the inspiration is not the Disney Alice in Wonderland. I don't know if you've seen um, this. I think she's with his name is Ian York. Meyer he made this really creepy stop motion animation of Alice in the 80s
1: and I think that's more for her like and it's, it's also uh, like Alice uh, being challenged by identity and proportion as well where things would be small things would be big or she starts in to her surroundings mm-hmm. so it's really playing on that you know that challenge and um, identity
0: mm-hmm.
2: oh cool very cool um, now, the thing with something like Kickstarter is it does allow all of us to, to share sort of an element of artist karma. Maybe you only have $25 to throw in, but, you know, if you and everyone else have been inspired by an artist's work and you can help support them by pooling resources together, it does make something substantial. Um, and I do feel like there's a, a spirit in the community, whether among, like, writers or musicians wow. or designers or painters or whatever, that we all do know this life. It can be expensive, and it's always difficult. Um, so if, you know, if all of us work together for one artist, there could be a time later where we might need a little swing extra and they'll come to our rescue. Um, so not equals Kickstarter deadline is in only five days. If you want to make a pledge, now is the time you can donate a few dollars or you can snag one of the pledge prizes, which begins at $10 and tops off at, I believe it's 4,000, uh, for travel and accommodation in New York city. Um, you can pledge at their Kickstarter page, which you can find either on their website, which is, um, not equal dot C O. Um, if you hover over the different points on the geometric pattern on the page, it'll come up with, um, links to other, to like their Facebook, um, and their Kickstarter. You can also find them on Facebook. If you look up not equal, um, or you can Google Kickstarter and not equal, if you're looking for their page, um, and if you want to share the link to their Kickstarter for your uh, to your friends and you know, on social media, you know that also is always a help. Uh, I will be posting links to Not Equal as well as the audio file of this interview on my website, so you can share that if you want with your friends. Um, my website is www. Kendra, Saunders s a u n d e r s. dot com. Um, so, is there anything else you guys would like to say to your fans before we go?
0: Well, I think most and foremost, um, thank you so much for everyone that's been helping. For you as well, Kendra. Anyone that's been, you know, taking their time to listen um, and to read and to post and share everything. Everyone that's helped with Kickstarter. Everyone that, you know, sending messages, even, even if you can't help, even if you can't pledge, um, sharing is it does a lot of the work for us. So we just want to say thank you for everyone that's supporting and keeping an eye out for the future because we have really amazing things coming up.
2: Thank you, Kendra oh thank you so much guys thank you alright have a good one you too. bye, bye. bye. alright guys well I hope you enjoyed that really uh, interesting and colorful interview with Fabio and Rebecca um, definitely check out their website you can also find all of the links on my website as well as an audio file of this interview if you'd like to download it or share it with friends um, I will give Matt his show back now somewhat unwillingly because I had a lot of fun but I hope to hear from you guys again soon. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter if you'd like, at Kendry, K-E-N-D-R-Y, Bird. And let me know what you thought. All right.
1: Bye.